Welcome back to another episode of Psycho Cinematic. Today we are comparing another book to the movie, and this one's an absolute classic. We are comparing Psycho, written by Robert Block, to Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And I have waited 49 episodes now just to say that we are covering the cinematic version of Psycho on Psycho Cinematic. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a dad, so just get ready for all the dad jokes. And before we proceed, as always, spoilers ahead. So the first thing about this book, it was written in 1959, and so it kind of really highlights the inflation because there's that rich character in the beginning of the movie who is dropping off 40 grand for Mary to deposit so that he can buy a house for his daughter as a gift. $40,000 for a house. Now fast forward 64 years and you're lucky if you can find a house for $450,000, which is over 11 times more expensive than the home that he was buying for his daughter, which I can only assume is better than a starter home since this dude is loaded. Now in the book, they make Norman Bates fat, and in his 40s and in the movie you know he's handsome and he looks like he might be in his 30s and i can only imagine it's a lot easier to be a psycho when you're handsome and charismatic it's just so much easier to judge and suspect someone who is ugly and not charismatic but in the movie he is handsome but only sometimes is he charismatic i mean he's pretty messed up in the head and it shows sometimes in his conversations with people Something that got me about reading this book is they were referring to back in the 90s. And, you know, this is written in 1959. So they're talking about the 1890s. <laughs> they're just like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I was born in the 90s, and so that's my 90s. But I love reading older books to kind of hear the way that they talked about things back then. Now, the first quote that stood out to me from Norman Bates was this. You live alone like this and everything gets bottled up or stuffed like that squirrel up there because he's a taxidermist. And in the book, he's stuffing squirrels. In the movie, he's stuffing birds, which I thought maybe that was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's way to tip the hat to the movie birds. But the movie birds doesn't come out for another three years. But I was looking it up and birds are a sign of imminent danger. But anywho, when Norman says this, I thought he was going to have his mom, Norma, stuffed. I mean, he is a taxidermist dermis after all but in the movie it looks like she was just chemically preserved if you can even call it that because she was more of a skeleton and i don't know that i actually got in the book whether or not she was stuffed or if she you know just kind of looked like a, a failure to be embalmed you know i've heard of norman bates and i'm embarrassed to say i thought he was a legit serial killer in real life i just you know it sounds like a real name like Jeffrey Dahmer. And so I just, you know, I heard it brought up plenty of times in like an Eminem song. I've heard people talk about Norman Bates and I've even seen imagery from the movie. And, you know, of course, the classic shower scene, all this. I didn't realize it was from Psycho. So I had no idea what was going to happen for a brief bit in this movie. I thought Norma Bates was going to end up being like Jason Voorhees mom and be killing people on behalf of Norman. But it's Norman. And I love the fact that in the book they say it's Norman Bates, Norma Bates, and when he's not being crazy at all, he's normal Bates. And that's fucking genius. And then the next quote in the book, and I can't remember if this was Norman Bates or Mary when she's talking to him, but someone says, all of us get a little bit crazy sometimes. And... That's the truth in this book for sure. When Norman is having this internal dialogue to himself about women and they make him think of this word that starts with I am and he couldn't remember 
what it was immediately. I thought he was thinking impulsive or improper, but turns out it's impotent. And they don't really get into all that in the movie, nor is it really necessary, but just the extra details kind of lets you see how messed up his mind is. And then the next quote from the book, he wondered what kind of woman she was on the inside. That sounds psychopathic. So it's incredible how much movies have progressed since the 1960s and just since the invention on the tech side alone. But even on the movie version of Psycho, there's things that I think we would do a lot better today. For example, every time Norman is stabbing someone, it just looks incredibly fake, looks a little corny. I think they would improve on that for sure. But something that I love is no matter how old a book is, it seems like it's kind of this even playing field of if it's good, it's going to be good. The only thing that might stand in your way is the fact that we might be missing context on an older time period. Kind of like if you read the Bible today and you're not some historian, you might not know what was going on in Israel at that time. Now, I got those thoughts about the movie before I went to watch the movie, and I've got to say, Alfred Hitchcock completely nailed it. And even for this movie being old and apparently shot in black and white just because there was budgetary constraints, it's great. And I feel like that is the true testament to a good director. He told the story perfectly. And at the end of the day, the story is the most important thing about the movie. So I love foreshadowing in movies and rarely do I capture it in books. You know, I'm sure there's plenty in books and then I just kind of miss it because I'm someone who just needs to see it happen. And then that will help me tie it all together. But in this book, they did a little pump fake to make you think that there was actually foreshadowing that Lila was going to die. They walk out of a building and there's a civil war statue and the shadow from the bayonet is right across her neck and it's looking like she's being beheaded and so I thought for sure she was going to die she does not but I love that so in the book they start to put together the pieces that Norman has something to do with Mary's murder because they find her earring behind the bathtub plus some dried up blood where in the movie they find a little piece of paper that didn't make it into the toilet of her writing out her financial situation at the moment now with this book it felt like a rare case where I thought they should have added more detail and specifically with the ending. I just don't like how cavalier they were about the fact that Mary's dead. They seemed very unemotional at all. And it's kind of delivered the same way in the movie. I don't know if that's because Hitchcock was just following the book as best as he could, or if that's just kind of how they conveyed these things back in the 60s. Now, I thought this was interesting. Norman Bates from Psycho is heavily inspired by Ed Gein, the real-life Psycho from Wisconsin. Now, unlike the way that Ed Gein inspired Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silence of the Lambs, the details are incredibly specific in Psycho. Now, I found a website called Britannica that was detailing Gein, and it said that he was, in fact, a grave robber. He was stealing these bodies, and basically fashioning these body parts into things around his house. And then he did kill two different women, one of which was named Mary, and the other was a hardware store owner, kind of like Sam's character in the book. He also was infatuated with his mother, though he had an awful relationship with her. He even cordoned off places in his home where she used to live to keep it exactly the same. That's terrifying. So now let's focus on the movie a little bit more. Firstly, it's insane how fast some of these filmmakers acted in the 1960s. Like I said, this book was published in 59. Alfred Hitchcock made the movie in 1960. 
That's crazy. That is so fast to react to something. Another example, Rosemary's Baby. The book was published in 67 and Roman Polanski was like, hey, you know what? It's 1968. Let's make this movie. I also read that Alfred Hitchcock went and bought the movie rights to Psycho with his own money, which apparently equates to like 80 grand today. And then basically he tried keeping it on the hush as much as he could. He tried having his assistant go out and buy all the books he could from the publisher so no one could read this book so that they wouldn't have the ending spoiled for him. And apparently he even went as far as not putting the ending in the script and wouldn't tell the actors about it until they went to shoot it. This is the first film from Alfred Hitchcock I have ever watched, but it is easy to tell why he is regarded as one of the best. I made a video on Instagram about this specific detail, but he apparently changed the way we watch movies altogether, which is nuts. So back in the 60s, moviegoers were pretty nonchalant and they would show up whenever to the movie like 20 minutes into it and completely miss the beginning and then they would stay after for the next showing sometimes just to see what they missed in the beginning which is an awful way to watch movies but when he released psycho he used it both as a marketing ploy and a way for the viewers to get the full experience of the film by saying you must show up on time. So I'm incredibly grateful for that alone. The movie immediately starts off shot in such a unique way with like this rotating shot. And I, I could already tell that Hitchcock was a weirdo. He's, he's a unicorn. And then it, it got really specific with the day and the time as it's like pushing in on the mortgage place that she works at. Now, earlier I was talking about the context for reading old books. You might not understand the time. And this is actually coming into play right now with the movies, even though this was only like 60 years ago, that bitch in the office talking about tranquilizers. Like <laughs> what you're taking? I don't know. She just like said it like nothing. It's like, if you know what she's talking about, like were people taking tranquilizers like crazy back then or what? I, I don't know. But me and my wife were both just like, what did she just say? So in the movie, when Mary is going to skip town after she gets the money, she sees her boss crossing the street, which I'm like 99% sure is not in the book. And then she only changes out her car once where in the book she does it twice. And the cop is not really in the book at all. In the book, they cover that whole segment in what feels like a paragraph. And then in the movie, they spend a lot more time on it and, you know, like the interaction with the car dealer and stuff. But I can tell that Alfred Hitchcock is just kind of building that tension and, you know, putting you on edge. And it's, he's doing a good job at that. Now, also another difference is in the movie, Mary's name is actually Marion. Norman in the movie makes a comment when they're looking at the stuffed birds. He says, referring to his mom, she's just as harmless as one of those stuffed birds up there, which is hilarious because she's dead and being preserved. Like I had said earlier, I didn't even know what movie that infamous shower scene was from, but it's funny because uh, back when I proposed to my wife, uh, God, how long ago was that? Like eight years ago, uh, we went to the wax museum in San Francisco and they have a little shower thing and the knife. And, you know, we, we are taking our pictures there. Awful pictures, super blurry. I didn't know what it was, but of course, you know, that famous score that e e e I read on IMDb's fun facts that Hitchcock apparently was talking about not having any music in this movie at all, but then decided to try it out and then supposedly doubled the salary of the person making the score after he heard how good that stabbing score was. And yeah, I mean, it, 
That's like one of the most famous horror sounds ever, if not the most. After Norman kills Marion, they show every painstaking detail of him cleaning up the, the room, which is interesting, but at the same time, it felt like that's why this movie's like an hour and 50 minutes. Like they could have cut at least half of that. It was, it was a little frustrating to watch. It's like, all right, move on, damn. I love the fact though that they were able to pull off the car going into the swamp shot so beautifully. Like, I mean, that looked great. I don't know how they did that, but it looked awesome. And what's funny about that is the car going into the swamp looked exactly how it did in my mind, basically. And also the inside of Norman's house looked exactly like inside my head too. I'm really glad someone recommended to me this book and movie combo for me to cover on here. And the next one that I'm going to be doing is Rosemary's Baby. And I'm almost done reading that book. And then I got to watch the movie again, haven't seen the movie. So I'm excited to do that. But if you have any recommendations yourself, please leave them down below. Hopefully in the sci-fi thriller, psychological thriller, or horror thriller genre, because those are my favorite genres to talk about. But please leave them down in the comment section below. And that is all I have for you guys today on the movie and book Psycho. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Psycho Cinematic, and I'll see you in the next one.